Okay, so I go through these like hardcore learning, ponderful sessions. <laughs> I call them like my mini retreats, right? It's like you live, I live the mom life, right? Where my hours of the day are kind of just 24 7 on call, right? It's not like it's like a nine to five situation where it's just like, oh yeah. I'm going to work at this time and then I'm going to be done, right? It's like, you know, I, I got that awakening in my first day of motherhood, right? <laughs> I was like 13-ish years ago. And like, it was funny because actually I've said this more than once, but I laugh at it every time. It's funny that before I became a mother, I had only babysat and I was a nanny and I was the youngest kid in the family, right? And so obviously... I really didn't know that babies cry at night. <laughs> I was the baby, so I didn't have any of those memories. And and so I just kind of thought, oh, well, like, aren't the babies just crying between, like, a nine-to-five time? <laughs> nope, 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 nope. So anyways, you know, every so often I get these little bursts of opportunity, whether it's because... You know, I've been woken up in the middle of the night to help with one person or another. And every so often I have a hint of like, you know what? I could go back to sleep, which is always a good idea. It's always a good idea to go back to sleep if you can, right? But there's every so often those moments where it's like, you know what though? I think my time could actually be used a little more wisely instead of like using all this. I can always tell if I'm not going to back to bed within 15 minutes of being woken up, it's kind of done for. It's kind of like I might as well be doing something productive or learning something or cleaning something or something, right? To at least help me get tired, right? And so that's kind of my mentality. It's like, it's like, I care about sleep. I care about health and wellness and those kinds of things. And so, of course, sleep is probably one of the most important things a person could be doing. They spend, ideally, a person needs to be spending like a third of their life sleeping, right? In order to just live a baseline kind of life, right? And uh, what would our lives be if be like if people got like more than that, right? It's kind of an interesting concept because in some ways for like kind of a go-getter person, it doesn't make any sense because it's like, no, 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 no. If you want to go get something, you leave sleep for death, right? <laughs> That's what I used to think. So I go, oh, yeah, sleeping's for dead people. I'm good. I can, I can, you know, just like wake up at three every single day and just like do whatever I want with my life to, you know, do the things that I can't usually do any other time because I kind of have ADHD-ish symptoms, you know? I do. I have a really hard time focusing if I'm not, like, in complete undivided time to myself in, like, almost, like, locked in a chamber, like, in my own little jail in some ways. And, oopsies, <laughs> that was me closing my bench, but it wasn't supposed to be that loud because um, I'm trying to wipe my bench here. So, anyways, something that I've noticed it, like even when I was studying conference, right? I have this conference blaring in my living room from like like every couple hours of the day, Saturday and Sunday. And so it goes for two hours and then there's a break for two hours. And it was funny because even on my breaks, 
it was so funny because I'd lock myself in my room and I'd review specific talks that I just, I couldn't get enough of, right? I was like, no, 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 I need to hear that again, like right now. Because if I don't get it right now, I'm gonna forget about it. And so whenever I did that and just like locked myself in my room and just reviewed these talks, it was so lovely because I was, it was that undivided, like being able to just focus on it. Um, which is kind of funny because I am kind of one of those people that, that does need a bit of simulation, stimulation to help me stay focused. So it was kind of interesting that in those specific situations, I could just be alone and just focus. So that was good. Cause usually it actually does help me to focus when I'm around other people, you know, like I've been finding this out about myself. <laughs> it's like, I, I used to think that I was a bad, I've said this before too. I used to think that I was a bad cleaner and I was a bad whatever, -er, but the truth of the matter was, it wasn't that I was bad at those things. It was that I had always put myself in situations when I was isolated while doing those things. I didn't have any social interaction or social motivation while I was trying to do those things. It was all very isolated. And so of course I felt like all those experiences were negative and, and that I was just bad at doing any of those things that I had isolated myself to force myself to do, right? And try to think that I could do a good job of it. So that's been kind of fascinating that I created during the conference or, or engaged in some way in clicking on one thing or another um, and just like letting for myself to have some time to consider some of those things over again and just like mull it over again and review it. I'm saying that's a yes, right? It used to be that I was like, oh no, no, no. It's not a yes unless if I actually finished the whole talk or it's not a yes unless if I actually finished the whole session, right? 
But I find that for me, I'm not really motivated by finishing things, actually. I, I feel way better about starting things and feeling like whatever I start has merit and whatever I start is worth doing, right? Is worth doing and has merit and yeah, anyways. So <coughs> that's been lovely. I've been also playing with this idea on my podcast of going back and forth with like English and French. So I'll have like one English podcast and another French. And it's kind of funny because I never thought that I would ever do much else than what I already do with my English speaking podcast, right? Every so often I have a podcast that's just me singing or, you know, just another podcast that's just kids talking, you know, or babbling or, you know, just like just just a delightful snapshot of my life experience and and um, just like that, right? But it's been kind of interesting to kind of delve into this idea that I can I can speak French sometimes or, you know, like it's fun, right? Because before I was thinking, oh, well, if I do it one way, it's got to be that way all the time. It's got to be my brand or whatever that people do out there that, that make them feel like they're super professional or super streamlined or super, you know, like, and I guess people can do it that way because there's, there are seriously people out there that are such natural hostesses, right? You know, they bring people in in the same way every time. They, they set up things in the same way every time. They're creatures of habit, all of this kind of thing. I'm not very much of a creature of habit. The only thing that stays the same about my podcast is maybe, not even this, right? But maybe that I follow the same sequence of I have a little emoji then I have an episode number, and then I have a name. I can't always promise that the episode numbers are in the same order, <laughs> and I can't always promise that, like, I haven't used the same name before for another one, but it just so happens it's a different episode now, and it's a different emoji, right? Um, so, but other than that, that's just kind of me, right? It's like, I'm learning to be okay with me, in a way that I haven't really allowed myself in the past, which is kind of a nice new chapter of my life, right? Because honestly, for a lot of my life, you know, I, I kind of held on to the belief that I was just kind of some kind of person that didn't know much about anything. And that I was just this person that was, I don't know, wasn't really made to do much, you know? Um, and... And then, I don't know, somewhere along the lines, I kind of decided I wanted to be, I wanted to be like a poster child of like the opposite of what you would think a person with my circumstances would end up doing or being, right? And so I kind of pushed for that for a while. I was like, yeah, I'm going to show everybody that anything that they thought that I was going to be is completely wrong, right? Like, and, and I just did that for a while, not knowing that in some ways... It wasn't really a great way of thinking I should do things, right? Like, why should I just, like, live my life a certain way because I didn't want to be living in a way that other people could guess that's how I live my life, right? Like, it's just a little bit too outward focused in a way that I thought was inward focused, right? Like, I thought it was like, yeah, I'm going to just be authentic and individual and independent and all this kind of thing. When really it was like, no, I'm paying so much attention to what other people are thinking or feeling or what my guess is that they're thinking about me that's making me feel so insecure 
that then makes me feel like I need to be something completely different than what other people assume that I am so that nobody's guesses are correct, right? I'm drinking my lemon water. Anyways, I kind of grew out of that. And then I got to the point where I was like, you know what? There's not, that. like I have finite amount of time in this life. I might as well just live, right? I might as well just breathe <laughs> and just allow for the dominoes to fall where they fall, for me to know my heart's intent, and for me to just move forward, right? Just move forward, be okay with the present as it is. And you know, like it's been kind of interesting to allow myself, just to allow myself, right? I I feel like for a lot of time in my life, I just didn't give myself permission for things. Uh, Things that I could have had permission to, but I just didn't think that I could have permission, right? And I feel like I'm just entering into this space in my heart and mind space where I'm just allowing for that little girl to be here, right? Whereas before it was like, no, 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 push away the little girl because she's embarrassing. She's dirty. She's, you know, she's messy. She's, she's a little rambunctious. She's a little random. She says things that she might regret. She, you know, she's, just all of these things that could be really embarrassing, right? Um, but lately, I've just been stepping into a little bit more of a mothering state for this little girl. Be like, well, what if this little girl was, was, was like nurtured and comforted and held and, and had a, like, was filled and poured into with compassion? What if this little girl was poured into with, with so much belief in her and so much, um, so much investment in her, right? And so much, like, what if she was spoiled? But not spoiled in the way that the world thinks, but spoiled in the way of abundance and wellness and and giving her as many opportunities as she possibly could ever want or desire or need, right? Um, because she's worth it, right? Because she she isn't a waste of time or money, but she's actually, like, everything that time and money could be invested into her it could be like the most best return on investment that anybody could could ever find right and so that's been kind of a fascinating concept um it's been fascinating for me because like this last past week we kind of talked about being a cheerful giver And I was really like sincerely surprised because it was probably my most, I feel like my most impactful, um, devotional morning message, whatever you could call it, where we, we kind of studied a concept, talked about the spiritual principle and talked about something, um, along the lines of being a cheerful giver. And as I was talking about that, I shared a story about somebody that I had met earlier in life that really helped me understand what it was like to be a cheerful giver. You know, I talked with him because I was literally blown away. You know, I met him when I was like 19, right? He's like 20, 30-ish years older than me, right? Like, but I was just blown away by just watching his actions that directly affected my life, right? And I was like, no joke. Like, what are you doing? Like, you are being so generous 
more than more generous than I have ever seen anybody in my whole life ever be, right? And and I've seen a lot of generosity in my life, right? A lot, right? Like being a Chinese person, like a Canadian-born Chinese person, it's pretty easy to to grow up in a life of like belief in prosperity and and going towards that just because of Chinese New Year, people are always giving money. Money is a huge part of this Chinese culture thing, right? But this person that I met was 19, when I was 19, they barely even knew me at all, right? Before I had only known about prosperity being passed on to people that you were like bloodline connected with, right? Like that was always like the wall, right? But here was this person that didn't even know me, barely at all. Like maybe they'd only seen me like three times or something. And here they were just like directly influencing my life for the better, like in, in massive, like massive amounts. Right. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, who are, is this okay? Like if I say yes to this kind of like generosity, is that me taking advantage of you? Like, what is this? Right. And it was just so sweet. Cause I, I like had this conversation and this person just said, no, I'm just having fun. Like, uh, like I'm happy for you to receive whatever I can give because I'm just having fun. And that phrase has stuck with me for like the last 14-ish years, right? 15, 14, whatever that number is, right? Because it's like, how is it fun for somebody to, like in my mind, they were giving me an arm and a leg, right? I was like, no, 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 this is giving too much, right? Like I can't just take someone's arm and their leg, right? And then they, of course, they tried to like help me understand. They're like, no, no, no. Like when I give you this, it's only like, you know, one week of my work, right? Like, and I'm happy to give that away, right? Like I'm happy to give that away because this is exactly what I'm working for to be able to give it away, right? I was like, what in the world? Somebody that works not to keep it and like to just like hoard it and to to be competitive and, you know, like turn it into whatever else they want to do with it, right? But somebody that's like, I make money so then I can give it away. I'm like, what the heck? Like, first you say this is fun and two, you have this in your mindset, right? Like this is your heart set and your mindset that wants to do this, right? Like it was just like such a paradigm shift for me. I was like, you are breaking my context beyond everything right now, but I'm loving it, right? So now I know that someone in the world thinks it's fun to give money, right? And two, then I know that there's someone in the world that that actually lives their life so that they can not just give once, but more than once, often, as often as possible, basically, right? And I'm like, okay, okay, let's take that in. Let's digest that, right? And, and so I told this story when I was talking about a cheerful giver. I was like, this is a person that has learned how to be a cheerful giver. This is a person that, that understood how much of a joy it is. You know, yes, it's nice to get something, but it is way more fun to give it, right? And I didn't really understand that until this was my, one of my first instances of really getting it. But then later on, as I've been living my life, you know, it used to be that when I was little and I get all this Chinese lucky money, I was like, I dreaded the day that I was an adult because I knew that was the day that I would have to give. I would quote unquote have to give, right? But thankfully along the way, I met this person and they helped me have this shift of heart and, and paradigm shift to even consider that there's cheerful givers out there and consider that I wonder if one day I could be like that, right? And so yes, 
I had like a year or so to get myself ready for the time when it was going to be my turn to be able to give, right? And I still remember that moment when it was like my first Chinese New Year I got to give and I was, you know, getting all the lucky money ready and just ready to give it. And I just remember my heart being so full and just feeling that legacy moment of like, I spent the last 18 years of my life receiving from every single person around me every year at this exact traditional moment, right? And then now I get to be the one. I get to be one person to add to that tradition, to just add to that giving in a way that, that I feel like my heart is in the right place to do that. And it just felt so good to be a cheerful giver in that moment, to be so happy. You know, there was different instances where I tried to give to people and they wouldn't accept it because they, I think they maybe considered me and my situation and maybe they thought, oh, I couldn't afford to give like whatever tiny amount that I put in that pocket. But, but at least I was ready to be a cheerful giver and that was the most important thing to me. Um, and, and that meant a lot to me that I could be at that level and point in my life at the right time in the right place, right? So here I was in my lesson, as I'm going back to it, right? I was talking about being a cheerful giver and being so grateful for that example in my life. And I think that's just, that's just what I'm stepping into, right? Like I'm, I'm stepping into this new phase of life where I'm just learning how to not just be like a cheerful giver, but just a cheerful liver, right? Cheerful liver, right? Like just, just learning how to find the cheerfulness in whatever place I'm in, right? Whoever I'm with, whatever place I'm in. And, you know, especially in those instances where you would think, you'd almost want to think that giving is always a hardship or a burden or, or whatever. But when you add that cheerfulness to it, it's like, no, it's not. It's like letting Christ help us know how to be gladly bearing for other people, right? How to gladly bear for other people until they are ready themselves to also be a glad bearer, right? And I say the phrase gladly bearing because that, that's like one of my favorite hymns is like the how great thou art. So good. So good. And so that's some of my thoughts.